He's right in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And up hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. Whoa! He's for real. The Unbelievable. For real. One more touchdown. And Cardinal has gone. Bernard Dunn is the champion of the world. Bernard Dunn is the champion of the world. Fantastic, Bernard. Fantastic. And here comes Andy Lee in now. And you're very welcome along to Off The Ball on Off The Ball. I'm Ronan Mullen, joined as ever by Andy Lee and Phil Egan. Lads, how are we? Very well, yeah. Good, yeah, good. All good. Packed. Packed week of action, only one place to start the, the fight everyone's talking about. Paddy Donovan and Jason Quigley spar. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's it go? How did it, it go? box office. Um, some of the best bar. No, it's the way spar should be. Highly skilled, Not, no one getting really hit clean too much. Both guys, and if any mistake is made, they're getting paid. You know, they're getting... The, it's costing them so um, yeah very highly highly skilled very intense high focus levels good sparring and in between rounds are you giving advice to both men or have you got someone yeah, else working you know, both of them there's not they know what they have to do you know they know I just have to remind them and yeah it's good good very what good what kind of weight advantages Jason it's a lot at the moment yeah. that's the thing he, <laughs> but Jason's wearing 20 ounce gloves yeah. Um, not, but that'll only make his hands heavier, but it'll take some of the sting out. But uh, uh, he is a lot heavier at the moment. Yeah, and we'll probably get on to it later with Canelo and Kovalev, but you obviously would have sparred Klitschko and these kind of guys. Mm. So how does your sparring differ from, say, your sparring bondage to sparring Well, Klitschko? sparring Klitschko was just like, it was different. He was never trying to hit me or go... He was trying to hit you, but never, like, fully hit you, if you know what I mean. And it, for him, it was about speed and... I could move and I knew I knew my role, you know. I knew I wasn't going in there to, to, to challenge him physically. <laughs> but um, with these two, there's 10 different, there's a 10, at the moment there's a 10 kilo difference between Jason and Paddy and, and they're just letting it go. They're not just holding back, you know what I mean? And, uh, but it's, it's good stuff. Both of them are doing really well, making adjustments. Mm. And is it a is it a rivalry? Is it a, is there like a no. sending rivalry in the in the camp yet, or is they're it? great friends. They're not. I wouldn't say they're great friends, but they they're friend. They're very friendly. They're friends. They're trying together, and they're they're suffering together, so it creates a bond. Yeah. Um, but and it's there is there no there's a rivalry there in terms of there's a competition there, and if one lands a clean shot, the other one is doing everything he can to get it back. And it's manageable now when you have two, like, needless to say, the way things are going, Andy, you're going to have ten by this time next year, but um, no. you're able to have everyone in camp at the same time, but, mm. like, with bigger stables, I'm sure you would have known, like, you're on sort of a rotor system, I'd say. Yeah, you stagger the times, and even with these, with even though the two, I, I stagger the times from time to time just to give them more one-on-one individual stuff, but, um, yeah, the, and they complement each other, and they're good, like, you know, um, I don't want to be speaking too much about him, but in some ways, Paddy's more advanced than Jason. You know, even though Jason has all this experience, um, he's been, and I wouldn't say he's picked up bad habits, but he has a certain way of doing things. And Paddy is further down the line with me and him trying together. And so Paddy's an example to Jason, but Jason's also an example to Paddy in terms of his dedication, his work ethic, and his attitude. Um, and he lives a lot the right life, so they, they work well together. Mm. Mm. And both have fights coming up, and we've lots of fights to get into, fights to preview and look back on. But before that, before we get into the World Boxing Super Series and what has been an unprecedented success at the weekend, a, a former combatant in that tournament is Ryan Burnett, who's sadly retired now. And Andy, you would have been very close to him, shared a, mm. shared a stable with him. Just a, like He had an unbelievable career, and to retire at 27, having accomplished what he has... It just shows what he's what he what he did and what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and what what he could do a lot more. You know, unfortunately, he's injured, and um, I think he's quite happy though. He's happy. It's not like it's not. It's been taken away from me. I think he's quite happy um, in his life. Speaking to him, and he's quite content. And that's all you want. And it's important to know. As much like the biggest decision, I think, is knowing when to hang it up. Like we got Anthony Collar having his farewell fight this weekend and it's 
it's it's an important it's the biggest decision you'll make you know to to turn pro to pick a trainer all those are important but once you've done that no one wins over and I think Ryan walks away from the game having achieved a lot more than people would expect him like remember when he was like we couldn't even get a license when he had those brain scans those issues and uh, yeah you guys you guys know him like he's a he's a good kid and he's he's achieved so much and I think he's financially set and um, why come back and get beat just because of an injury you know why keep forcing it and keep going and not be 100% and fighting and not doing yourself justice so and I think he I think he's quite content with his decision yeah and you touched on it there like while he's come back from one of the feel good sporting stories not just boxing stories I would have said and the, the, the fallout would happen fallout's probably the wrong word but that relationship kind of uh, petered out then he went to Booth and it was as if he was making up for last time like he flew through the ranks uh, unified titles back to back world title fights and against Denair like it looked like it was just going to be Denair slightly over the hill great name to have on your record and it just it just went mm. like the freakest of freak injuries yeah and he was winning the fight you know Denair was in the fight it was a good fight but he was winning the fight and like we can talk about the Super Series like in Denair in the final now it has to be the most fortunate run to the final, isn't it? You know, yeah. like when people talk about uh, Frampton being over the hill and passes best, Frampton absolutely wiped the flow with Denair, like almost stopped him, you know. And now here's Denair, like after that, coming back and now he's in the final. Yeah. But he probably might, well, I know it's next week, but he might wish he's not in the final. No, it's kind of, it's the, it's the biggie prize, isn't it? Yeah. But if someone can give someone, like, uh, you know, you know, how do you pronounce his name? Inui. Inui, yeah. It's like, if anyone can give him problems, it will be Denair because of the experience and his ring savvy. I can only see that going like yeah. a couple of rounds because Denair can really punch. It's open to new, and he knows he's not gonna he's not gonna navigate thirty six minutes with that guy. So, uh, looking forward to that. I think that's that's not Thursday, this weekend. The Thursday following. week, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. credit like, to credit yeah. to Ryan. Like Ryan, yeah, and he had an unbelievable career. Unified, not unified champion, but you know, to, held two of the belts. It's 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 you know. For us, we'd like to see him st- see how what he could achieve again. I think he could easily, if he was healthy, he could easily win another world title. Um, but for what, for his own health and safety, then it's better to retire. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about the weekend, man. Yeah, like the the World Boxing Super Series, it's had its ups and downs, but like what a crowning moment it was! Like probably the fight of the year so far, Andy. What were your thoughts on it? You were ringside. Yeah, it was an outstanding fight. Um, more in terms of will and grit. I don't know what did you think. Yeah. I th- like, I thought the, the the determination of both men to stand and fight kind of might have went to might have went against Progray, like and against him in terms of he was the more skillful fighter. And when he was being skillful in boxing, he was by far the better boxer of the two. Mm. But he, I don't know if it was the pace or himself, like. I watched, like, we were watching the fight, and he, to me, he won the first three rounds, and then I'm not sure if he took his foot off the pedal, maybe he couldn't live with the pace, or Josh Taylor stepped it up. But that was a real turning point in the fight, round four. And um, it, there was, like, a real... I don't know, he proved the point, Josh Taylor, that he could push him back and, 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 and hurt him as well. But it was a savage fight. In terms of body, the body shots were unreal, the headshots were, like... A lot of uppercuts with the styles as well. It was... Um, Phenomenal fight, yeah. But I think it was more more display of guts and will that won it than any skill. And the the atmosphere, or sort of the the intrigue around the fight, was like bounding through the television screen. Like I can only imagine what it was like. Mm. Was it Scottish fans in abundance, or was it more of a boxing crowd generally? It was a big, a huge Scottish contingent, contingency there, but also boxing fans and um, a lot of ex fighters who were just dying to watch the fight. You know, what I mean, uh, like the ringside. Uh, we were on our feet, you know, several times during the fight, just clapping, just applauding them. <coughs> so, yeah, it was, and like, it pushed us, Josh Taylor, right in the pound for pound mix, doesn't it? Mm. You'd have to say, like, it's it, it just looked. The, the, in terms of the scoring, yeah, the first, say, the first three rounds, maybe could you give Taylor maybe the first round? But it seemed even after the fourth round when the bell went, this happened a few rounds where they kept throwing after the, the bell went. And oh, it was, it was ill-tempered in terms yeah, of there uh, wasn't, it was fought in a good spirit, in a good spirit, but there was dirt, there was a lot of dirt going on, especially yeah. rabbit punches as well. Yeah, and I, it just seemed that when they were exchanging, if it got 
Taylor looked like he was throwing the more ferocious punches and you know the bigger man and that that suited him and I I thought just watching it back I thought yeah like he's he's gonna go on and win this comfortably but then I kind of had Progre win in the last definitely the last two rounds um, mm. maybe even three of the last four so it was tight but um, I was surprised that it was fought in such close range I thought we were going to see a more technical fight yeah, yeah, there was great technical boxing on display but I didn't think they'd be up so close for pretty much all the fight like we mentioned it last week that when Pro Bay was ringside for the, the semi-final Taylor fought Baranchik's fights stood on the inside and while Taylor's a taller man like Progre is like a dynamo, like he's a little. He's, he would fancy himself as the inside fighter of the two, and yet while he had his way in the first couple of rounds, Taylor stood there. And like, like while Andy said, Progre is probably more slick. I think Taylor did outbox him for a good proportion of the fight. Like there were there were moments where, like his like Progre was showing and and doing all this stuff, but the more conventional punches were the ones that were landing from Taylor, and I think that's what caught the judge's eye. Some of the scorecards again. It seems like a weekly thing where people are complaining about the scores. Like I think only one judge, Phil, you mentioned eleven and twelve. Only one judge gave it to Progay both of those rounds. So it just shows. I know it's pretty. Well, it just turns. I think the right man won the fight. Yeah, I, I had it. It's got a draw, but I, if anyone was to win it, it would be Taylor. You know, because he was he not just because he was aggressive. He did. He landed the more hurtful, hard tail shots. But like rounds eleven and twelve, I thought Progay won won big, especially round twelve. And the one judge who had it with a round, with the one one round swing, the one what was it, one fifteen to one thirteen. So that's a one round swing. He gave round twelve to Taylor, which I thought had he had he not had he gave it to to Progway, then the fight would have been called yeah, a draw. Charity draw. Yeah. So um, it's funny though. Like that's a big big call. Even though like Josh Taylor was noticeably hurt mm. in that last round, His eye is couldn't. Gone, that's yeah. why he got caught mm. on the right side when he had that big eye. Mm. And. The way the Super Series works is they have another judge, a fourth judge there, so Taylor would have got the trophy, whether it was, if it had finished a draw, a draw yeah. like the titles would have went home with each man, but the trophy would have gone to Taylor. So I think it's that's a rivalry now. They're both of an age where we're going to see that fight again maybe another time or another time. They'd like days. to see it again. Glasgow. Yeah. Bring it to Glasgow. I think Taylor certainly got the frame to, to move up and cause some of those welterweights a bit of trouble. Yeah. Although he'd be looking at undisputed title, it's only one fight, you know. So uh, emulate Ken Buchanan and United Division would be quite an incredible achievement. I think you said on commentary, Andy, that he's in the conversation to be Scotland's greatest ever boxer, mm. and like if he's not already there, he's certainly he's, he's kicking the door down. Yeah, he's he's in, in, and he's only young, sixteen, seventeen fights. Like that's it's insane the progress he's made in that short time, isn't it? You know, yeah. that's shot many few fights, and. Um, and it shows again if you're good enough, then you're old enough, or you, you've had like you know what I mean. Your talent again will will decide how fast you can get moved through the ranks. Yeah, he's no problem with the weight either, so and no. he can stay there and clean it up if he wants, and then go up. Yeah, and it was an interesting wrinkle after the fight. I I didn't hear anyone talking about this beforehand, but that his uh, mm. father-in-law had passed away, and he was kind of grieving through camp, and like it was well documented that Danica McGuigan had passed away, so it would have been tough on Shane and Team Cyclone. Like how difficult is that only when there's stuff going on outside the ring to get into work every day basically and it's extremely difficult but it's probably the pr the price he paid to win this fight like it's probably the difference with, no, I don't know what I'm sure Progress had a lot of he has had a tough life with yeah. working and trainer that's well documented but in terms of this training camp and that you know being away from home while you should be at home supporting your family um but knowing that you're doomed, you are away for a reason, and kind of probably strengthened strengthen his resolve uh, and made him even more determined to not let this fight slip. And there's probably, there were times when he was getting it tough on that, and it probably got him through. You know, that was a sacrifice that probably he had to make to win this fight. There's just, a, there's a special air about him. It's always been there. Like, I remember when he fought Victor Postal, and he was doing this off-Broadway. This guy didn't pick him up. The credit to the McGuigans, they've done a remarkable job with him. Like promoting him on ITV and Channel 5 and he fought Postal who's now fighting for a world title again and obviously fought Crawford in undisputed title fight like that was the kind of calibre of opponent he was being slung in with at an er early doors and it just showed like they weren't hanging around with this guy and we've spoken about it before where people with uber talent they'll get bored if you start throwing them in with tomato cans all the time like his 
if you keep the wheels spinning, they're going to regress almost. And he was just moving up the levels, up the levels. And when it came to challenging at this elite level, he was ready. And it's like the, the sky's the limit for him now. I don't know. I think he can... It's great to watch as well. If he's not in the top 10 pound for pound, he's, he will be this time. Yeah, he's year. making a shoot. We'll see them at the end of the year, maybe. I think uh, people want to watch our end of year show from last year. We did pick Josh Taylor as our one to watch for 2019. And he's, he certainly lived up to the hype. In terms of the show generally, Andy, um, like Chisora Price, we both picked uh, Davy Price to to detonate that right hand. But he, 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 he had a couple of chances, and he did. He actually did rock, not rock. I don't know, but he he shook him a little bit, didn't he? Chisora. I think he, he boy came out with a mission. Yeah, on a mission even, and he knew it was a matter of time, didn't he? Well, I was wondering. I was thinking if that went any longer, would he have anything left? He, uh, Chisora, he just he seemed to like the hard pace. Yeah, it's it was it surprised me, but and he he walked him down and he you know obviously he got the job done. But if if it had gone on a few more rounds, I wonder how much it would have taken out of him. But he, look, he obviously he knows Price so well. He probably thought I think there was probably a, con- a conversation with the corner Price's corner in Price's corner before the fight, and they said, look, if you get hurt and dropped, I'm gonna pull you, pull you, because um, he didn't complain too much. He, he slightly protested, like he didn't embrace his trainer after he threw the towel in, but he he didn't protest, you know. And I think it was a good call. I'm yeah. not sure how you, you yeah, what you feel. It's only going to end one way, I think. There's yeah. a few times it's happened in Price's last few fights where it's been ended like that, where the corner have kind of preemptively ended yeah. the fight because the the knockout against Bivek and like that's a it's a nasty one to look at where he's, he gets knocked out and his head hits the canvas. You just don't want at, at his age to be to be taking punishment like that and. Whether that's the end of the road for him, it could be certainly at any sort of probably should be realistic level. We've been saying that for a long time, though, shouldn't we? Haven't we? And I don't know what he's fighting for, but I hope he can find peace because it's not going to be in the ring. You know, it's not. He's not. It's proven time and time again. And um, but you take your head off for, for trying. Seriously, he's got a serious. Like you can't question his heart. Um, because even when he was taking it in there from from Chisora, he was still firing back. And he was up off his feet and ready to go again. But um, it's happened too many times now, hasn't it? Mm. Being knocked out like that. Chisora, like <laughs> you said last week, does this throw a grenade into the heavyweight division? Not really, but no. he, he keeps winning. So he's going he's gonna to find himself in a meaningful fight again. And of course, yeah. Credit to him. You can't really call it a renaissance because he, he's been coming back his whole career, it feels like. I can like. remember like in 2015, like after he'd lost to, to Klitschko and... Uh, People were writing him out. Like, he has blown hot and cold since then, but like, then he was finished. You know, I, was, I remember I was commentating on a fight. He was fighting a Georgian, a guy with a terrible record. He knocked him out in one or two rounds, Chisora. It was on Box, Box Nation. I was commentating. And even then, they were questioning me, like, how far can he go in, in this division? Like, what's he got left? And, like, he's proved everybody's. Like, he's. And his profile is built and built and built. And now he's an entertainer. Like, he's a real. He's an entertainer, he's isn't he? He's yeah. got, like. Kind of like that. Well, as like, much as people were, and he had a point, as much as people were cheering for Josh Taylor, um, there was a lot more crowd there for him in that, in that like, mm. and people to see him fight, you know, in, in the O2. Um, so, like, he's a big draw. He and wants, he's, got, he's like, he's a player in that heavyweight division now. He's uh, right in the mix. He wants Usyk next. Mm. And if you're yeah, going to fight Usyk, <coughs> this is probably the best time to do it. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a great fight. Yeah, and in London. And the way the WBO rankings are working, so Ruiz fights Joshua, obviously, and whoever wins that fight it looks like they're going to vacate the WBO rather than fight Usyk because Eddie Hearn won't really want to match his two prized heavyweights. So, like, that's assuming yeah, Joshua wins, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, not, let's not put the car before the horse. Shout um, out to Andy Ruiz. Ruiz are pushing a broken down stranger's car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get off the road. Hot man. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, like so, it looks like Usyk's going to fight for a vacant title, and Chisora's ranked in the WBO, so they might be able to wangle their way into to matching those two for that belt. And you know, it would be an entertaining scrap. I think uh, he'd obviously favour Usyk, but Chisora will do what he did against Price. He'll charge in there and just try and use his brawn to. Yeah, and you think back to Usyk. the Usyk Bellew fight, and Bellew had a bit of success early on. But you know, if Chisora went with that approach. It's a lot harder to work your way into a fight against a bigger man than. Mm. <coughs> like, he kind of felt that watching. You knew Usyk would come good against Bellew, but you don't want to be given that kind of ground to someone like Chisora. No, he can't box like, like, like Bellew. 
You just can't do that. You can't be negative and technical and try and pick shots and steal around. He, Chisora can only fight one way. Try and drown him. Say to be sensational coming forward and being dashed. Da- yeah, yeah, try and drown him. Or, or else he stinks to play out. But <laughs> 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 you, you'd assume it's going to be the latter. But it's a footwork of Usyk that will probably be a difference, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it would be a good fight. Yeah. Would, the yeah. press conference would be... Yeah, but yeah. Like, you think back to when he fought Vitaly and... Remember he spat the water out it. Slapped him at the way in and all. Vladimir. Yeah. yeah like, but I, I, I don't know. And at times I questioned, like, what is he doing? But I, I just, the more <laughs> he's come, I just, like, you just get to like him even more. That's that thing with Anna Woolhouse. See that interview he did where he was, in, like, he was sitting on his deck and I don't know where he lives in, it's out in the country, and he's sitting on the deck and she was asking about all these incidents and he was like, I just did it in the moment. Some of it was preempted. Mm. Some of it I just, like, just felt like doing it and like no one can get away with that type of thing like slapping Vitaly whack and then <laughs> spitting water just like just look at Vladimir like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like it went on for a good three or four seconds it wasn't, I thought it was just stood there like it wasn't like it was like a it was like <laughs> and it was right in his face and I was like oh my god you gotta do something to this man you can't let him get away with that he's kind of gone full circle yeah. he's, he's redeemed himself and yeah, now he's, I think he's, people are just like do you know what like he is what he is, like, and celebrate him for what he is, not for what he he won't do. But yeah, like you could even hear the chance, like, for when, when he's fighting. So he's mm. got a huge follow. It was class. He oh. threw his gloves off to the crowd. You know, he, he took his gloves off, threw them to the crowd, and uh, yes, yeah, that's building the fan base. You know. Also, as well, he looks in decent nick now. He's for a guy who trains himself. Yeah, he's like. He's, his condition is <laughs> a just, There was a cl- clip like where he cut, sorry, sorry, Phil, where he cut to the corner. I uh, know the dressing room and he was warming up doing pads. It was the worst kind of pads I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like, like they just met. It was literally like they just met. He was like <laughs> holding the pads. Just, oh, didn't even bother to hit them. Like, uh, yeah, no, he is. He's in, he, he definitely looks a lot better condition than he used to be in. Yeah, that's, uh, you can credit uh, uh, David here for that. Niall Kennedy has a story. He went over to Spatrizora and he was in the gym and he was uh, all gloved up and ready to go. Tizora was on the bike and uh, Don Charles says, right, just do one round with this kid and then Derek's going to be ready uh, to come in with you because he was waiting on Derek Tizora. And uh, he did the one round with the lad and then Derek Tizora went home. <laughs> he didn't, he, didn't, uh, he just went home. <laughs> didn't say that, he just went home. So... Uh, that's, that's probably the difficulties in training Chisora. He is the enigma that work gets thrown around a lot in boxing, but he is actually the dictionary definition. Uh, elsewhere on the card, bit of a crossroads fight, Lee Selby, Ricky Burns. Um, well, Lee Selby clearly won the fight, like Ricky Burns was kind of crying foul a little bit at the end. It was more competitive than I thought it would be, more like and there was, high pace. Yeah, there was quality in it, wasn't yeah. there? There was quality in it for a fight. And that was for, talk about the Josh Taylor Progre fight, that was ill-tempered as well. Bad spirits there. Yeah, yeah. For two like two nice guys, guys, two guys that were mates, supposedly. Mm. Maybe they were like, maybe there was. Yeah, sometimes that happens, doesn't it? You know that. Yeah, you, you don't want to give them the edge, do you? Mm. Because you know if they're, they're if you're their mate, it's going to change the relationship, even if you if you lose with them as well. Um, spending time with lots them. of shots after the bell in that fight. Yeah, as well. Lots of shots. Maybe there was just the atmosphere. I couldn't hear the bell. Mm. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was. Um, yeah, it was a good fight, wasn't it? And yeah. just Selby, just I could see from the start he's fresher legs. Yeah, and I said that's gonna that's gonna make be the difference. And it's just the movement and that, and and clever work from Selby. But like, it's a weird fight because it's a loss for Burns, it's a win for Selby, but yeah, it's kind of just get, get them back in the public consciousness. Yeah, I know. But like, yeah, they could have given them two kind of foreign opponents, and like, I don't know. Like that's pretty much the end of uh, I don't know it's the end of Burns is it? Yeah, I, I think Burns Burns has always said he'd come back. He fighting. loves boxing. No, he'd keep fighting. Yeah, I he'd, mean, but like at any any oh, kind absolutely. of ambition, yeah. like he he probably if he used to fight any domestic guys as he as he showed against Scott Cardinal, like he'll beat them because he is quality. You know what I mean? And for what's he thirty eight? Thirty six. Thirty six in fantastic shape, isn't he? He's had a phenomenal career. Super shape. Like, I think he'd beat most of the guys at a low, 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 level below what he is right now, like Selby and that. But I don't know if it does much for Selby. Does no. it? Doesn't make you excited to see him again? I don't know. No, again, I think it was just sort of to remind people that Lee Selby's still around. It's such a difficult division, and like, you cast your mind back to last year, and when he was matched with Warrington, there was only one winner for me and for a lot of different people, and 
like Warrington bulldozed him. So yeah. it just showed he was done at that weight. He's jumped up to lightweight. He skips it with Heather. Just shows how much he, how tight he was at that weight. So, but he is a tremendously skilled fighter. Very good and yeah. a tricky fighter and a quality fighter. So we like. If he can get some momentum and some excitement, he could. He's still, still a big fighter. Like Phil, did you get a chance to look at that one? I haven't actually. No, no. Um, I think we all picked Selby to win, didn't we? Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think Ricky Burns, like we mentioned, Josh Taylor earlier, and like Ricky Burns is going to go down as a three-weight world champion. And like in terms of, it's a pity if if Burns had won, or if Burns had won, it could have been a Burns Taylor fight. Yeah, you know that was could have been a nice little. Send off for him, but no, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, at at the top level, that's probably the end for Ricky Burns. Um, and speaking of awkward styles, and Lee Selby, the most awkward of style is uh, Lawrence Acoli, who uh, yeah, like another. The crowd weren't buying into that one much, and the end. Yeah, I, I actually only got in to see the end of it, but it looked like a good finish. But Jason was given his ex-teammate a good chance. He was giving him a good chance, but apparently Acoli shut him out, did he? Mm. Like a lot of, he doesn't fight on the inside, and the referee probably should have been more forthright in in breaking them up. You know what Just I mean? Him off. Yeah, and like we spoke about, he's made improvements under Shane McGuigan, but it's all he's gone back to his like the story's well chronicled that he was working at McDonald's, he was way overweight, and boxing's kind of turned it around for him. So he's late to the game, and in that sense, to be European champion so quickly is impressive. But it's not a, it's not a good style to watch. He's not gonna. He's not going to appeal to the quote-unquote casual. The only thing about it is, though, he finishes people, doesn't he? Yeah? He finishes people, like, you know, he gets knockouts. What did you think stoppage. of that stoppage? It was... Uh, like, for know. an undefeated European champion? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, bit, bit soon, but... Maybe it was only going to go one way. It was only going to be a matter of time, though, was it? Was yeah, it? Well, probably, probably. It, it did seem that way. Um, Conor Ben on the card as well, and, you know, a good win for him. He's been linked with Josh Kelly, who's... Signed up to fight David Avenisian, which is a, a really good fight. Hell of a fight. Looking forward to that one. But with the Bens in mind, thankfully the Nigel Ben fight is off. And yeah. we can all breathe a sigh of relief. 55 year old shoulder couldn't hold up. Yeah, I'm glad he's just seen common sense and said, I'm not delaying this. I'm just saying, no, that's, mm. it was a stupid thing to get involved in the first place. So I think yeah. we, we can all breathe a sigh of relief on that one. Um, so you enjoyed your time in London anyway, Andy? Was, uh, yeah, it was good. I'm going to Manchester this week. Yeah. Here you going? Huh? You going? I'm there. Looking forward Phil? to it. No, no. Some of us have to work at the weekends. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you will be working. <laughs> He's working, I'm, I'm working. working. Yeah, I know. Well, yes. well, we should move on to... Uh, if you can call it work, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really a job. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Josh Taylor, we should move on to Katie Taylor and, you know, breaking down boundaries as normal. The first female to headline a mainstream card in the UK, which is, you know, remarkable when you think about it. But, you know, going for... Uh, Second world title or second weight class, rather, you know, like moving up. I always thought 135 was sort of the max for Katie Taylor. Th- those five pounds for her, I think she looked quite small against Delphine Pursuin, for example. And while she's again much like Taylor in progress, she's the taller woman in this fight. Leonard Arta is the you know the more imposing figure, I would have thought. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, I think. Mm. Leonard Arta's not a huge. No, but she's kind of like, like, like you bulky, know, I would She's got broad shoulders, yeah. And she's got a good right hand if you watch her win there against uh, Candy Wyatt, isn't it? Mm. Um, my worry for Katie Taylor is that she we know she can outbox anyone, but she keeps getting dragged into these wars, and some night it's going to go wrong. And, you know, have they got the... Have they got it in the, the corner to turn it around if it's not going their way? Like... She, she could put on a, a clinic for 10 rounds and outbox any of them. But if it gets physical and into a scrap, like if you watch that, if you watch uh, Leonard Adhu's knockout in that fight I was talking about against White, like she just comes out at the start of a round and just throws a whopper right hand, and that pretty much ends the fight. So th- but she, and she came out, that was like round six or seven, yeah. so, and up to that point, she'd had a tough, hard fight. Yeah. Against a bigger she, opponent, and she still maintained. Like she, she, well, the point I'm making is that she had, she was able to maintain her power after a hard five rounds. So she's going to be dangerous at any point, and and that overhand right, like I don't have no doubts about Katie and her greatness, but that overhand right is a punch that that she's susceptible to, yeah. and one she's going to have to watch. She's going to have to watch. She's going to have to watch. You know, just la- later, like some of the fights where. You know, she's got dragged into scraps and it gets into the later rounds and you kind of 
think that she seems to be running out of gas a little bit, which shouldn't really be happening. I mean, there are only two minute, there are two minute rounds. Sometimes, like that, can work against you and it can work for you. Where well, obviously, where it works against you, if you've got somebody there for the take and you can't get them out, there's plenty of fights he's had where if there was an extra minute in the round, she'd get it finished. But then there's other ones where she's so far ahead from the start of the fight that she might lose a few rounds towards the end of the fight. It's not it's not a major deal, but she doesn't tend to lose that many rounds. And people might be thinking, like, what am I talking about? Like she's She's undefeated, but I'm just worried that some night that style that she gets dragged into a war that it's just going to be one too many. And sometimes when you're watching the fight, I'm just thinking, can she get herself out of that situation? Yeah, and I'm not like I'm just not sure about the weight. To be honest, like she's got the skills to carry up, but it's like size wise I'm just not sure like uh, this might just be a brief like a Canelo-esque sort of move up and move yeah. straight back down again and um, like she's probably thinking win this one rematch McCaskill you know look maybe try and unify that division as well if she could like the Pursuant fight's there we talked about Cecilia Brykus who's signed to Matchroom that fight's there as well but they're all going to be around the 140 terrain I'm not sure if that really suits her like at 135 against women her own size she's she's almost unbeatable it's when it gets gets up into these, which is trying to equalise, sort of level the playing field a bit. We talk about Lomachenko all the time where he's kind of maybe too ambitious for his own good. But one thing about this fight, which is uh, worth noting, it's the first female fight ever under VADA testing where both fighters have signed up for voluntary drug testing. And, you know, there have been concerns about former Katie Taylor opponents who have mm. failed tests in the past. At least we know going in this one, you know, it's, it's a clean slate. And also we have to mention that she's topping the bill yeah. in Manchester yeah. on Sky Sports. And... That's a not like you talk about boundary, like breaking down boundary, boundaries and that. But this is a huge statement for her to be headlining the show. Mm. You know, somebody like Anthony Crawler, former world champion, is you know, and it's his hometown. Now I believe that he's going to be the last fight because it probably makes sense. Him being the last fight is so not a big exodus one when he leaves. But Katie Taylor's top of the bill. She's yeah. the she's the main attraction, and like this is a dangerous fight. It's a dangerous fight. And if she she's already great, Katie. If she never fought again, she'd 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 be great. She's a Hall of Famer. But if she if she wins this fight at a second weight division, headlining the show in Manchester, it's, it only compounds her greatness. Mm. It'll probably be a very good fight as well. Yeah. You know, it'll be. I just want to see someone like I've been saying for a long time. Just from a boxing and technical standpoint, we think her achievements are great. I don't think she lost a person. I thought she won by one round. <clears throat> Um, so she's she's never been beaten, and she's achieved so much, and she's done so much for female athletes and female boxers. Um, but I want to see improvements technically. I want to see her rolling and moving ahead. I, wanna, I don't want to see her getting caught clean. You know, I don't want to see her taking hard shots, even though she's always willing to engage and make a fight of it. And we've talked about her how she wants to make fights entertaining. I want to see her box clini- clinically and put a and put on a show, and that's it, and not get clean, not get hit clean. Yeah, and she's nothing to prove in that regard, you, you mentioned there, trying to put on a show, but like, by dint of the fact that she's headlining the card, it would should suggest that she's already built herself to that level where she doesn't need to make a name for herself, people know who Katie Taylor is. Putting on a show can be <coughs> like a clinic, shutout, yeah. like an absolutely clinical yeah. performance where she doesn't get hit. Like we, You mentioned Lomachenko, like that's what he does. He, he fights people that are bigger than him, but he doesn't get hit. He just breaks them down because they can't lay a glove on him. So yeah. why not do that? Like, don't she doesn't have to prove to anyone that she, we know how tough she is. Like, she, um, like you know, you, you've seen her sparring sessions. Like, but don't like get dragged into a war because eventually it's going to come back. Yeah, and work against her. And the danger would be is it would be at a a higher weight class. But um, yeah, no, it's a huge. Huge carrot in front of her, like to to go two weights and uh, you know headlining the bill. So it'd be great just to see her uh, absolutely school Leonard Atu, mm. and we'd be talking about you know a, a shutout rather than another one where you think, yeah, that that could have gone either way because that's that was the the general feeling after the Pursuit fight. A lot of people saying that she lost. Yeah, and from Leonard Atu's perspective, we remember the first press conference where yeah. uh, 
her management were piping up that she wasn't being treated as a champion and probably there's an element of truth in that but you know the A side is quite clear in this one but she'll have a point to prove you know she's coming over as a champion she won't uh, give it up lightly I'm sure There's the rematch clause there was none wasn't that it? rematch clause for Taylor no yeah. rematch clause for the champion so so yeah they're going to be coming over they're going to be a bit of fire in the bed mm. yeah be interested to see if there's any that's at you know the final press conference and see if they can get on they've been trying to get on the Katie Taylor's skin for sure because I remember after the last press, con- press conference she flew from Boston that morning or something she was quite tired herself yeah. so like this kind of caught her out on the hop and she was a bit, uh, bit worse for wear but um, as you mentioned Anthony Crawler another big attraction on the card and like hell of a career the lads in uh, Joe Galler's camp have been saying you're going to be surprised when you see how good he looks like you're going to be thinking this guy shouldn't be retiring but it's definitely if he can get a nice way in retire with that crowd behind them it would be a nice way it's to play it's like your mate when he says yeah I'm off to Australia now I'm immigrating you have a big party everyone throws in a few quid and then he comes back two weeks later you know <laughs> no I couldn't leave you know it's possibly the same <laughs> without you <laughs> but yeah a oh, nice for him a nice way to do it isn't it yeah and probably fitting of a, of a, well, by all accounts he's a very nice fella and uh, it was a great, great little fighter is there any danger that because he knows it's his last fight, it's in Manchester, that he could put too much pressure on himself. I don't know, I, like I heard Joe Galler was talking to, uh, I think it was Rob Tebbett, and he was basically saying, uh, I had to stop training the other day and tell the lads, Anthony Crawl is embarrassing all of you, this guy's retiring next weekend and he's outperforming you in the gym, you know, so it just shows what kind of level he's at. I don't think he's so well adjusted that I don't think he'll ever get done on complacency and it'll be a nice come down from fighting Lomachenko to, uh, to this weekend, he'll have a... Mm. A nice, hopefully a nice win. Um, unfortunately, uh, Joshua Boatsy's off the card. Yeah, which is a shame. I was looking forward to seeing him again. Yeah, he's going to fight Blake Camparello. Camparello. Yeah, yeah, Australian. Would have been a good fight, I think. Yeah, and um, might happen again. I think. Yeah, he got got sick. Uh, Jack Cullen and Phoenix Cash. Good fight. Good little fight. Yeah, and see if Cash can step up another level. See how far he can go. Yeah, and Martin Bacoli, I think, has subbed in for. For Boazzi, so he'll make up that uh, fight on the card. And Bacoli, like we talked about him last year, like quite well heralded, and then got caught in the hot by Michael Hunter, signed with Matchroom now. They're trying to rebuild him in the heavyweight division. Like they have so many heavyweights in that stable alone. Like they're just mm. trying to match everybody up. So thought he did a nice job against Kevin Johnson, whatever. But Kevin Johnson at this stage, but thought he still did well. And yeah, we'll see how he goes. Good, good that he's getting active, mm. getting busy, and. Uh, the big fight this weekend on the other side of the pond is Kovalev against do, Canelo. Do, do. Yeah. Like what, what do we think? Like the, the presumption has always been that Canelo is going to win this fight, but you know the closer it gets, you kind of looking at the two standing beside each other, and you're like, eh, mm. I don't know. Kovalev can punch, and it's huge, huge size difference. And you think about the styles, you know how they match up. Kovalev is quite rigid and and strong, straight puncher. With, with decent footwork in terms of closing distance when he's punching. Yeah. You know, <coughs> Canelo's got one of the most attractive styles out there in terms of the way he can slip and counter. Um, but you just think that Canelo's just going to be standing in front of him, moving his head left, right, slipping, 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 and bop, 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 whatever he wants, you know? Um, he's always gonna, it's always going to be dangerous when he's in there with a naturally bigger man in terms of, and who can punch Kovalev. He, it's funny because when he first came on the scene, Kovalev, he was like a devastating puncher, wasn't he? And now he's kind of, he's still a puncher, but he's not that guy who would knock out everybody. You know, him and Golovkin were similar, they came around at the same time, but he had that similar kind of fear factor in terms of whoever they touched, they were knocking him out. Yeah, but like, you have to think of Canelo's team are looking at this. They wouldn't have taken this exactly. fight on if they didn't think... Yeah. they could get this done and low risk as well. Mm, but the only thing about it is I think we'll see a better Kovalev for, for that reason because he's being underestimated he's probably being insulted that they're actually going to fight him and also he's just coming he hasn't stopped training or fought, you know, since he fought Anthony Yard. I think that's a great thing for him actually because he's <coughs> Andrew Ward highlighted a lot during their uh, pre-fight press conferences that you know, uh, let's just say Kovalev enjoys uh, being out of camp this time he hasn't really had a chance to do that. He's been out of one camp into another. So, And like it seems, Buddy McGirt seems to be the veteran boxing whisperer where he picks up these guys late in their careers and you know, tries to mould them in his own image. And like Gatti is the most famous example of that. But like, 
like he did. I've seen improvements in Kovalev, especially in the, in the last couple of fights where he's gone back to you know the conventional boxing that like bore it so well from initially. But John David Jackson was speaking in the week, and he always comes around when Kovalev uh, Kovalev's fighting. He was basically saying he never had any interest in learning how to fight on the inside. Mm. Like Andrew Ward punished him in both of those fights on the inside, and you can imagine Canelo is going to be slipping those jabs and just nailing him to the body over. Can't and imagine over. him fighting on the inside, can you? No. <laughs> so it's just uh, you'd have to fancy Canelo to get the body shots home in a way that Kovalev just can't really pull the trigger in that regard anymore. So oh, but I'm looking forward to it though. Oh, it's a great fight. Great matchup. Mm. Um, like I always ask you, Andy. In these underdog situations, like Kovalev, probably thinking, "I'm not the underdog." In this exactly, fight. like heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, but like, what's his path to victory? Is it just keep Canelo on the end of the jab? And it's hard. It's hard. To see. He has to try. Yeah, I don't know what you do with, with something like Canelo when you don't have that kind of skills. You know, like I don't know. It's hard to see, isn't it? Like he, he's looked so good recently, Canelo. He's he's so improved. Um, Mayweather obviously Lara gave him a tough tough fight um, but those two are hugely tricky skillful fighters and Kovalev is not that mm. he is tricky he is skillful but he's not uh, as good as those guys at doing it and what can he do against Canelo try to walk him onto a right hand you know I don't, I, he's not going to win on points anyway we've learned no, that well, yeah. that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing but we'll see I'd like what can he do Jab the body, jab the body. The body doesn't move, you know, yeah. as much as the head, and try to set up a right hand. It's funny, like uh, the one little one thing he does is like, you know, I'm sorry to. I was just thinking, is that he he has that Eastern European amateur style that he'll throw one, two, and then he ram in with his with his jab with mm. his left hand, and it's not, it is a jab, but it's almost as powerful as a right hand or the backhand because of the way his momentum takes him in. And he keeps his foot, feet together in stance. And that could be a talent punch if he can land that. You know, kind of might slip the first two, but the last one might get him, you know. But we saw, even when you watch some of the little clips that go around of Canelo versus Jacobs now, and the head movement that he was doing in that fight and how he was able to slip all those straight punches and then counter himself. Yeah. He's a master. And, like, Phil hit the nail on the head in terms of he picks people at the right time because... It looked like Jacobs had his number. Like just, mm. I just, th- I picked Jacobs to win that fight, but it just happened that Jacobs was on his last legs as a middleweight. Yeah, has since moved up to Lovkin as well. Yeah, and like I saw Sugar Ray Leonard, who's like this fight's on the zone, so he was talking about he had a similar thing where he moved up to fight Daniel Lalande, a light heavyweight, but it was sort of a cherry pick situation where he could have fought like maybe a more, you know, damaging light heavyweight, but he picked Lalande, and even against him, he said in the first round, you know, I was doing my thing, moving around. Got hit with one jab. I was like, "This is a different ball game up here." Yeah. Like one seventy-five. It's a big difference. It it's, big it's, it's like he's really a middleweight Canelo. It's it's, just, it's fifteen pounds, you know. Because yeah, like you see, like one thirty-five, one forty, one forty-seven. People move up and down those weights, but one seventy-five is a different. Even, you're in with even the big one sixty-eight. It's yeah. a jump. So there are wrinkles in this that make it interesting, and yeah. it's a bumper night of actions. Something to keep us entertained, anyway. Yeah. To keep us intrigued. You'd be doing well to. Get through the Manchester card, lads, and stay up and watch uh, that one. I'm not going to be up for you. <laughs> I don't know. I might just record it and see. I'll see. Uh, see how I get on. Is this being shown on TV? It's on Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah, we'll record it. A <laughs> um, couple of other bits of news. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr., Andy. Oh, yeah, I told you. I told you that was going to happen, didn't I? Last couple, oh, you were away. Was he away? Oh, yeah. We talked yeah. about Carbal um, Jr. Yeah. What do you think? Has he been on to you? For the blueprint. He asked me... Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the key is hit him 18 times yeah. unanswered. Wait till he's trying to throw a punch down a hit. No, and Karbov has had a little resurgence. You know, he... By all accounts, he beat Charlo, but didn't get the decision. And then he had a good... He had a draw in his last fight with a good fighter. Um, what's that guy called? Oh, I can't think of his name. Akeem something. But a good fighter. So, I don't know. It's It's like... It's a dangerous one for Junior, I think. I think it's a dangerous one because he's not a boxer, Chris Eubanks Junior. He's a fighter and he can, he can sustain, he can go, he can punch. He's hard as nails. But he's not a boxer and he can be outboxed easily. And if that carbos anything, it's a boxer. Like, 
I think it could be a bad call for for you. But is Karabov like he's he's thirty six now, thirty seven coming up. Um, had a long career as an amateur. Had a tough tough career, up and down career as a pro. Um, is he past his best? Probably, but has he got enough to has he got enough to hold off? Maybe he doesn't have enough left to hold off Eubank Junior. But we'll find out. And it's a good good. It's just another intriguing, excellent fight. Like. It's on the same night as Joshua Ruiz, which is uh, poor planning, I think. Mm-hmm. And Hogan and Charlo on the undercard. Yeah. So, it's great. What's that? December 7th? December 7th. Jason's fine December 5th. I'd probably be flying back <laughs> from California. <laughs> you have to, have to do all these planning, make sure you fit everything in. I've got to get those fights in. One last fight we should mention, uh, Halloween night in Saudi Arabia. It's Tyson Fury oh, against yeah. Braun Strowman. I thought you were going to say Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyson, like, it's, it's unbelievable what he's done here. It's crazy, isn't it? I don't know what the, the money that's being banded around the place, 14 million and stuff. I don't know if that's true, but it's, you know, it's, you could, it's, in, the, it's in the wheelhouse, isn't it? It's in that area. And uh, why it's not? just, like, like, I don't know who came up with the plan. You probably know better than me, but the linear thinking here, because so it's on Fox. And that's where the Deontay Wilder fight's going to be on Fox pay-per-view. You're going to capture this new audience of WWE younger fans. They're going to be engaged with Tyson Fury. And then BT are picking up WWE from the new year. And obviously they're going to have uh, the fight on, in February. So again, it's just cross... Like they're just using Tyson Fury as the emblem for this whole thing. So I don't know. As I said to you last week, Andy, I think he's just going to think... Oh. Forget about Wilder. I'll just he'd, be, right he'd be doing well to get him out of the ring in a Royal Rumble. It'd be one of, he'd be one of those lads, you know, he has four or five to try and lift him up over the ropes. I got a feel, like, he, I don't, I, I can't see him following a script, especially if he's, you know, I'm sure he's set out to win the fight, you know the script? I'm sure he's he's going to win the fight. I, uh, he has to. I can't see him losing the fight to Braun Strowman. Like, <laughs> I, I think if he's down to lose the fight in the script, he, I don't think he's seen him following it. Yeah. I think he's crazy enough and he's so competitive. Like, he's the type of guy, like, if we're doing press-ups in the gym and I do 20 and he's dead at 20, he'll still do 25. You know, yeah. even if he can't do it at 25, he'll get them out. Yeah. I remember when Floyd Mayweather did it against the big show. People yeah, can look this up if they haven't seen it. He knocks the seven teeth out of his mouth or something like that. Proper like, punch. It was crazy. So these boxers don't uh, don't take well to uh, instruct. You've seen uh, so do we call Hulk Hogan as Rocky, if, you know? If, if Tyson loses this fight, is he now his... Just, what's his name? Braun Strowman? Braun it? Strowman, yeah. Is he now the linear He's champion? He's the linear heavyweight champion. <laughs> Are you clean to it? We should do we should do a prediction. Uh, Phil's one 0 up from last week. So what what fight should we predict? As well, well? in yeah. fairness, I was saying to Andy outside, uh, my football predictions were so bad that at least I got something half right. The Leicester Southampton. Let's go through the, let's go through all the fights, okay? The main <laughs> events, anyway. Okay. Katie so Taylor, win. Katie Taylor on points. On yeah. points, yeah. Yeah. yeah, close. And then we'll go Canelo, Canelo Kovalev. Canelo, Canelo on points. I think Canelo will stop him. I think stoppage. Late stoppage. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll keep a record of that. We'll let you know what the crack is next week. Uh, Tyson thank- Fury. Tyson Fury Strowman. I don't know. I haven't been following the bill up. Tomorrow this. night. It's Halloween night, yeah, so... Uh, I think... Would, would Tyson Fury... Fury use- by pinfall. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be someone by disqualification or some sort someone of... Someone called Sonna. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> I'll try this at home. Someone's going to interfere in this match. Uh, I'll put you for the table in a minute. <laughs> Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder should interfere in the fight. That would yeah, really. That wouldn't. That could happen. That would build things up. That's like, a great prediction. That could happen. That's it. Just I'll, I'll play this clip next week when that does happen. Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in. You can catch up on the podcast on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or you can stream here on YouTube, Facebook, wherever wherever you want. Um, That's it from the lads, that's it from me, that's it from Andy and Phil. We'll chat to you next week.